Hello, friends and enemies. This is your friendly neighborhood editor, Alfred Jetson, coming to you from the future. Uh, I screwed up, and I did not hook up my microphone, so this is me asking you for a little patience and understanding if my audio in this episode is a little scratchy and terrible. Uh, this will be fixed for future episodes, I promise. Uh, I love you, friends and enemies. Please forgive me. Uh, on with the fun and enjoy. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to NerdPod Generations, episode 24, and yes, I am certain of this this time. Uh, as always, I am one of your lovely hosts, Steve Taylor, with my best friend in the world. Hello, friends and enemies. This is Alfred Judson. And we are here to fill your ears with pop culture goodness, and yeah. boy, oh boy, do we got a show tonight. Yeah, we do. Because I believe Mr. Al has some things to talk about in I our um, what we're watching, playing, reading that I don't I know about, do. and I got some things that I haven't told him about yeah. that I'm very excited about as well. I got, I got some hot news that uh steve is not aware of oh my god no 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 but i i'm i'm excited because there was a nintendo direct we're, we're right now recording this at 7 30 on thursday night so the nintendo direct was from 6 to like 6 45 or yeah, whatever it was yeah. like 45 minutes um so that just ended i have not watched it yet though and i'm very excited to see it but al is going to talk about something non-video game related non-video game it's related. related to something as part of the direct um, but let me start off by saying, first off, um, you can find us once again, Apple podcast, Spotify, whatever miscellaneous podcast site you would choose for. Um, definitely if you have not listened to us before, and this is your first time, we have 23 other gold episodes, especially last week's, which was fantastic. Please go back and listen to our, um, past episodes. Let us know what you think about them. Leave us comments, likes, reviews, whatever you want to do on any of those sites. We would greatly appreciate it. We've been reviewing um, what if episodes, for the oh, last yeah. few weeks it's been a lot of fun it's some good stuff it's good rich pop culture stuff you can yeah we've gone through all the marvel stuff finally. and like three or four episodes ago i was a little too in high on life and <laughs> i kept losing my train of thought and that was very fun to listen to because yeah. if you really really listen you can hear me start a thought and then Al finished the thought because i would just stare at him yes with no idea what was going on in this world <laughs> Um, uh, luckily tonight I am in a completely clear frame of mind because yes. I need to be able to speak about what we are going to be talking about with all of the gusto that I have planned yeah. for this because I'm very excited. So as always, we'd like to start with a brief rundown of what we are watching, playing, reading. I will start with Mr. Al because I cannot wait to hear this. All right. All right. So what if I told you that Shigeru Miyamoto comes on? And announces to all that there's going to be a new animated Mario Brothers movie. I wouldn't be shocked because they've been talking about this for a while. So he does this. Yes. With Illumination. Yes. People behind Despicable Me and all that jazz. They drop the voice cast. Okay. It's a little bonkers. Are you ready for this? Oh, tell me Nicolas Cage is one of them. No. <laughs> no. We don't go there. Okay. So, right off the bat, Mario, 
going to be played by Chris Pratt. Oh, why would you do that? And he says in the drop, get ready for Mario to talk a lot. So get ready for Mario to talk a lot. About Jesus. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Chris Pratt has become a Bible thumping motherfucker. Yeah, he has. He has. I don't know if that's a Schwarzenegger thing or what, but... uh, No, he was was like that before. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, So, good news. From here, it goes up. Okay. Uh, so we get some really good cherry things. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to play Peach. Very cool. Which I'm like totally down with. Very That's cool. going to be cool. Uh, Charlie motherfucking Day is going to play Luigi. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay, now it's getting better. Donkey Kong? Yes. Seth Rogen. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Toad? Keegan-Michael Key. Okay, okay. And topping it off, Top of the heap, playing Bowser, Jables himself, Jack Black. Okay, I can see that. I could definitely see that. I am like, this was one of those things where I heard the Chris Pratt and I was like, oh boy, I don't know. Dude. But every other name after that, I was like, okay. And then by the time I heard Seth Rogen, I was just like, Holy Dude, shit. This Charlie is Day is Luigi. Yeah. Holy shit. There's like that memes. alone. I love Charlie Day. There's already memes. It's yeah. already happened. Yeah. And I'm I'm so here for it. Oh my god. That is that's the most exciting part. Why Chris, why Chris Pratt? I know. I know. And I don't know if this is gonna be one of those like kind of funny takes on Mario, like tongue in cheek takes, or if it's gonna be an authentic Mario story. But it doesn't feel like it's gonna be that. It feels like it's gonna be something else. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I put a lot of trust in Nintendo. Uh, Illumination, two degrees. <laughs> I like the... Peanut. Well, I see what you're saying. I give trust in Nintendo because they're not going to let it get fucked up like yeah. the first Mario Brothers live action movie did. Yeah. I love that it's animated. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see. I wish it was... like. This, I, I wish that they could have done a thing with Sony because Sony would have done justice to it. But, like... Yeah, that never would. That never would have happened. That never would have. Never would have happened. So, so I'm interested to see what Illumination brings to this. Uh, and yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be really good. I don't know. We're gonna see. But I'm, I'm just jazzed. I'm gonna spend the rest of the time prior to this movie's release, just scouring and picking the million actors that would be better voice actors for Mario than Chris Brackenbrand. The actual voice of Mario, I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he is going to be in the movie as various voices. Uh, and but still, it's yeah. like, Chris Pratt. I know, it's not a great choice. I immediately thought of Lego Movie. Yeah, and that's where the thing, it's like he already voiced a iconic, and I think you could technically at this point call it an iconic, animated figure. Yeah. So to have him do... The iconic, the top, and I don't care if you're a Sony fanboy, Microsoft fanboy, for everyone that's listening, if you don't think Mario's at the top of the heap as far as iconic video game characters, then you just need to stop listening to our podcast. I don't want you to ever listen to us again. <laughs> what about Mario is at the top of the hill. What about Zelda? What about Link? No, I agree. Mario's at the top of the hill. If he came before, he's, it's like he's saying, everything. It's like saying anybody came before Superman. Okay. No, not really. No. <laughs> you had people before. Like, you had the Joust guy. And yeah, you exactly. had Pitfall Harry and all that. But yeah, no, 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 no. Mario is at the top. Yeah. Every one of his games, 
35 years later, still sell tens of millions of copies on one single system. So yeah. you cannot tell me. And it's Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt. I don't know. Maybe we'll be wrong. I, I am also nervous. I am also nervous. I, um, I'm not... I just feel like by having Chris Pratt and Charlie Day, and this isn't just because they were both in the Lego movie, but that also doesn't help. I, I'm like, okay, so this isn't going to be anything like what we would have typically thought a Mario movie was yeah. going to be like. And then as you're going through the cast, when they, they said Jack Black was going to play Bowser, I, that's awesome. I'm sorry. That's I'm awesome. really excited about that. Yeah. that that's just going to be stupid fun. Um, and he fits the body type too for me. Yeah, and and I'm I I I'm biased. I was holding my pipe when I heard the news that uh, Seth Rogen was going to play Donkey Kong, but I'm also 100% in on this. Yeah. Um. So like, as I'm going down the cast, I'm like, okay, so we are definitely not doing like a traditional Mario story. No. But I don't know that this is going to be as I don't know extensive as some of the other ones are like i is this going to set up a nintendo universe a nintendo cinematic universe are they going to have their own moment where they go up to the as in the lego movie they go out and they they encounter all the other see, nintendo worlds see i don't know if i'd like that i hope not i, I there's nothing that makes me like i would love for them to introduce the world of mario and then if they wanted to do a spin-off maybe do a mario plus rabbids that could be fun as an actual movie because the, that game's fantastic with the way they were able to mm -hmm. intertwine those characters. Yeah. So something like that I could see, but yeah, I don't. Is that a? Is Netflix still going to do a Zelda? They were going to do a live action Zelda. Yeah, I don't know if that's still on or not. Yeah. Which Netflix just bought the entire Ronald Dahl estate. Oh, the Ronald Dahl estate. The entire estate. They own. Everything that has to do with Ronaldo. People keep telling me that Netflix is going to fail. Like their model just tells that they're going to fail. And I'm like, uh-huh. And 10 years later, they're failing there's real some, hard. There's literally hundreds of millions of subscribers that each month pay. So they bring in billions of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And people think they're going to fail. I don't think they're going to fail. I don't think it's going to fail, guys. I think it's working. I think it's working pretty goddamn Machine good. seems to be working. I know yeah. it doesn't seem like it should be working. But it is. Shit. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. No no other trailers. I'm they, nervous now. They were still rendering all the footage and everything. So Yeah, I bet, I bet it's at least one to two years out. It's December 2022. I would – I'm going to guess it's going to get pushed to 2023. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Um, hmm. But Interesting. Yeah. Apparently it opens in North America sooner than it does in other – Interesting. The world, which is well, weird. what I love, and I wonder if this will be. I actually saw an interview with Jack Black when they were doing um, the press tour for Kung Fu Panda, mm -hmm. and he said, "When we opened in Germany, all the actors were there, and I'm like, why the hell are we here? Because it's not our voices. They have German actors dubbing the voices." <laughs> he said, "So what the hell are we doing here?" He goes, "We have to go to all these countries and be like, hey, we're in the movie, but not the one you're watching because you don't speak English." <laughs> And it's true, and it's going to be the same with this movie. The biggest audience is going to be in Japan, but none of those voice actors. No, you're right. I but they'll still be that. at the release. I wonder if Chris Pratt must be because Chris Pratt is big internationally. I think he's oh, bigger he's internationally, internationally than he because is of Jurassic. Here. Well, because of Marvel and Jurassic. World. Yeah, yeah. 
because he's big here because of Marvel, but we all got kind of sick of him after that. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that I love Chris Pratt. I don't mean any harm to him. He's great. I love him. He's I, I have questions about certain things, certain choices he's made, but that's his life. It's not for me to, to decide yeah. how he lives his life. Um, and but uh, passengers and all these other projects that have come out since then. I'm just like, well, I think we talked about this in the podcast. He's proven that he is not a headliner of a movie. No, the tomorrow An ensemble, War. tomorrow War. an ensemble cast. Yeah. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, he can be the head guy with an ensemble. Yeah. Same thing with like the Jurassic. Well, the first Jurassic World, because the second one sucked. I didn't even really like the first one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, first one. Yeah, I could kind of see that too. The first one was was a little bit on the weak side. Um, but yeah, he's he's not he's not like a a guy that I feel comfortable like he's talented enough to headline a movie. Yeah, he had the big 2014. Yes, which led to like other things in 2015, 2016, 2017, and then I think after Guardians two, really dropped off. Yeah, pretty hard. Because he was kind of an afterthought in the Avenger in the uh, event last two Avenger Wars, movies, and, and he then, was a almost a forgotten. Yeah, character. he was in for two seconds in Endgame. He, at the end, he showed up. It's it's literally like an almost we gotta like tie in. We have a Gamora and a Star Lord. Yeah, and we have a Star Lord that wants to see a Gamora, so we're gonna have that happen. But it's not going to mean anything to the Gamora, and we're not going to discuss what happens to her. Yeah, I don't. Is she yeah, still that's... around? Did she supposedly get she's still around? Did she get thrown back to twenty fourteen? Because that's a pretty big bad loop. Is aren't the TVA going to come in and be like, you can't take a Gamora from twenty fourteen and bring there, her to twenty twenty two? Could see the TVA rearing their ugly heads again. This is what I'm saying. You've there now put go. in the backline. Now I can look at the backline and be like, no, 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 sir. Yeah. There's no way that that's going to work. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Oh, wow. So you just ruined my life right now. Uh, uh, all right. So before I get into my big thing that I've been watching, we got to talk about two quick things. Yes. Have you seen the Injustice Red Band trailer? Uh, not the Red Band trailer. Okay. The Red Band trailer came out, and it looks like it's going to live up to what we were hoping. Because it starts with the famous scene from the comic. The Lois Lane scene? No. Superman punching Joker's heart out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in all the, like, Batman gets splattered with blood, and it's like, holy cow, they're going all in on this yeah. one. Yeah, so that looks amazing. Oh, and excited. then um, Halloween Kills, the new Halloween movie. Yes. That trailer dropped, the final trailer. Holy shit, that movie looks amazing. I have not seen a single Halloween movie. Greatest horror movie. Okay. It scared the shit out of me in high school. So I like I would watch it on AMC, yeah. And then I was just like, I lived in the woods, so you're walking around and there's no lights and it's yeah. dark, and you just hear the Michael Myers theme playing in your head, and you're just like, I'm never gonna make it through that movie. Yeah. I'm never gonna make it. through The first that movie. one is the, in my opinion, the greatest horror movie ever made. I plan to watch it this year. It is Halloween. amazing, and it's it. People get thrown off by it because it's you know it's the first slasher movie really, mm-hmm. but. Only, I believe, five people are killed in the whole movie, and you don't see a drop of blood in the really? entire movie. Really? But it is so atmospheric, and the way they do the uh, John Carpenter, the camera angles and everything. It's And I saw a great interview with Kobe Bryant before he passed where he would listen to the theme to Halloween in his headphones before games. Yeah, I can see that. Because he wanted to be like a serial killer on the court. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, we listen to it over and over again. The host is like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, I want to get it. Yeah. Um, the second one is 
really good. It starts off right where the first one ends, and it's more bloody. And then the third one, I don't know if you know the story. Nothing that. to do. With nothing to do with Michael Myers. Still great horror movie, but it had nothing to do with Michael Myers, so everyone was off. And then the rest of the Michael Myers movies, from four through Insur- Resurrection, I think is the one with... Uh, was that the Rob Zombie one? No, 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 no. I don't talk about the Rob Zombie one. <laughs> um, but it's... They're... You know they're kind of kitschy, fun, kind of like the the last um, Friday Thirteenth ones. Where, yeah. You know you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's Michael Myers. Um, the only real cool part is episode is, uh, episode six. The male lead in it is a very young Paul Rudd. No kidding. Yeah, so that's kind of cool to see that, and um, I believe it also starts with Joseph Gordon Levitt getting an ice hockey skate to the face, like I mean, a young. That Jason sounds Gordon. familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Rob Zombie ones, the second one is an abomination that should never, supposedly he, it was a lot of interference by the um, studio, uh-huh. and so he just kind of bullshitted out a movie, and it looks like it, it looks crap. The first one's good. I like the premise in the beginning, because they show like the mental breakdown of Michael Myers when he was a kid before he went became a killer, uh-huh. but I don't really deal with those. The last Halloween that came out, the kind of revival. The one that Danny McBride. Danny McBride, which he yeah. also wrote, co-wrote this one. Um, it's What that one was is if you watch the first one, this is supposed to be the direct sequel to the first one. It cuts out the second one. Cuts out the second and everything. Wow. So that'll be helpful for someone like you that wants to get into it. You don't have to worry about the other shit. Yeah. You just worry about the first oh, one that's and then go right into this one. That's fascinating. And it was awesome i'm now i'm interested now and I'm this intrigued. one looks even freaking crazier like yeah. so good um and the cool thing is i recently signed up for peacock the okay. streaming service yeah yeah because um i just have i don't have cable and so i want to watch the um sunday night games on nbc right so they stream them live on peacock um but then halloween kills when it comes out uh, october 15th it's streaming on peacock also Oh, so it's hey. gonna be in theaters and Peacock. So I'm like, oh, well, there we go. There you go. Watch that. Don't you also have the Star Trek stuff on Peacock too? No, that's on Paramount Plus. That's on Paramount. Which I only you only subscribe to that. Like when Picard season two starts, yeah, I subscribe to it and then cancel it as soon as it's done. Yeah, because I don't really give a shit about anything else unless they wanna do a a brand deal and give us some kind of branding for Paramount Plus where we kind of do a, a plug yeah maybe we'll plug, plug you every episode if you give us free paramount plus yeah. and i need to we need to interview um, patrick stewart on one of the episodes. oh that'd be good i'd be down um, with that so my big thing though yes star trek visions this or is star the... wars Visions. star wars visions. yes i haven't gotten a chance to watch any of it yet i watched the first five episodes the cool thing about them they're nine episodes they are anywhere from 13 to 20 minutes long yeah so they're not super long I liked a lot episodes three. They're very different. It's like there's um, is it is it Batman Year One or Batman something where oh, they have different yeah, animators for each it's, segment? It's very anime inspired. So is Visions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dark. I yes, yes. I Gotham. It's Knight the or same something. thing. Each one is a different animator. They have different um, Japanese anime inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, different tones, much different tones. The very first one is the duel. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! 
It is not a long one. I think it's only like a 15-minute long episode. It is done in like a hand-drawn, black and white, samurai movie looking anime where the only colors are like the lightsaber or the lights on the droids. But it makes it look like it's a mix of Star Wars technology and like ancient Asian culture. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Like, you're going to watch that first episode. You're going to be like, holy shit. I'm excited. I almost it's unbelievable. It. I almost watched it last night. I, I didn't because I wanted to go work on a project instead. Yeah. But that. that Let lovely. me tell you, dude. Yeah. I'm excited. Because, like, excited. I could. I recommend all of them. You got to watch that first one. Yeah. I almost watched it as soon as I saw the thumbnail. For it. Oh I was like, cool. Because I was looking to see how long each episode was. I wasn't yeah. sure if this was going to be another what if where these were, were episodes that were going to be like mm. 30 minutes or whatever. And no, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I But I love the idea mm. that we're finally getting some expansion to the Star Wars universe and that it's small scale. Animation is where you want to start oh doing your God. building. And this is this is Like, excellent. this is what we've always especially people like me who is not a fan of the classic Star Wars movies, which, did you read the thing about George Lucas's ex-wife who was the editor? She vehemently despised episodes 7, 8, and 9. And she said, how do you kill off Han Solo and Luke Skywalker? How do you do that in this framework? She said it was atrocious. And then they talked about, this is an interview she did, when she first saw episode 1, she went out into her car and cried because it was so awful. Yeah. And she said, what has George done? He's completely lost his mind. Because she was the editor on all three of the OG Star Wars movies. And a lot of people say she's the one that made episode four what it was. Because it was a garbled mess that he directed. And she put it together into Star Wars that everyone loves. This is the thing that everybody forgets. Is that George Lucas, though a genius, is like many geniuses somewhat of a bumbling genius yes the my favorite forever story about star wars mm. is when they're on the death star in a new hope and they're running down the corridors and they call cut so george brings the the four back is like that was great that was perfect now do it again but faster and more intense and that's his directing yeah. What does that mean? That doesn't really mean yeah. anything. Um, so, yeah. And uh, especially when you get to things like strange magic and some other. Yeah, we don't want to. Yeah. You see that George probably had some, some pretty strong hands behind him helping to steer the wheel. Yeah. He's just great at coming up with the story. But then writing and directing that story, he should not be anywhere near it. No. He's no, no, horrible no. at that. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't even have him do the screenplay. No. Have, no. Him, have him write the story and then give it to someone to do the screenplay. And yes. they can come up with like all Lawrence the dialogue Kasdan. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the one that's done all of his greatest movies? Yeah, exactly. Kasdan, so. It's it's always story by George Lucas. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But this is, getting back to the visions, this is what I've always wanted because it is using the Star Wars lore but it is taking it in a direction like what Mandalorian did, like what Rogue One did. And it's taking it out of its comfort zone and just taking all of those Star Wars deniers who think that all of them are great and they can never do anything wrong and testing them and being like, okay, 
this is out of your comfort zone. What do you think about this? This is exactly my thing with Marvel is that I'm really glad we have what if because I've exactly. gotten to a point with Marvel of just we talked about it before the punting. Yes. Marvel is a notorious punt master. Marvel punts like an NFL coach in the 90s. Yes. Fourth and one on their 40. Better kick it. And it just drives me up a goddamn wall. And in their last two movies, I mean, they ruined Taskmaster and they put Ben Kingsley in the worst cameo in fucking Marvel movie history. Well, so not only like, it was, it wasn't just like he was in it. He was in it for so long and became an essential character. Yeah. That, that was the part that kind of dug in on me. I don't mind that he's there. I, I don't care for it, but I don't mind. I'm not going to take points off. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, you didn't need to. And if you can do it creatively, okay. But to have him be an essential character, yeah, that was the dagger in my ribs of just like, no, don't, don't, do, no, yeah, don't do a, that, man. I don't want to get back on that. It's yeah. already making me upset. I'm no, no, about, but I'm anyway, still about Chris Pratt. So. That's this is what I'm I'm loving though is uh-huh. that we are finally getting to explore the deeper canon and hopefully, hopefully, by doing that, we can kind of bring some of the the boats in the harbor up. We can yes. lift the tide a little bit of the, the style and contrast of the stories. Because uh, we're going to talk about, because we have to, we're going to talk about what if yes. in a little bit. And there's an element of what if that I've been dying for for so long, for so long. And just the glimpse of it, like, you know, cres- cresting over the, the well, sky. Well, let's transition to episode seven of what if, what if Thor was an only child. Yeah. This My was an interesting favorite one. what if episode ever. Kelly's too. Kelly's too. Holy two. This is just shit. fun on a bun. This is fun without regard to anything. And you can tell that they filmed this while they were filming Thor Love and Thunder. Because oh, yeah. they got everybody. They got everybody. They even got Jeff Goldblum. But I, I mean, Goldblum I expected, but Natalie Portman. Natalie I was Portman. like, there's no way. It's Natalie, it's Natalie Portman. Portman. Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Tom Hiddleston has already done a bunch of them, so I wasn't Tom shocked Hiddleston about that. Tom Hiddleston is like. He's Marvel's, the shit. He's Marvel's like um, he's he's the teacher's pet. Yeah, he's, he's in everything. He's the smart one. He's like, I, this is my career. I'm gonna roll with it. I am. Buying I don't care if I'm Loki for the rest of my fucking life. I will triple down on yes. this. I because I was gonna bring this up because they have Natalie Portman, and ever since they announced that she was gonna be the new Thor, I've been sitting here like, what did they oh, Did they give her a private? island because she See, was not in the marvel camp for it, a though, long time after that second thor where she was like pam pam poo pooing her career went to shit i don't know i think she instead turned inward and started doing some really personal projects you look at jackie jackie's an you know, she did personal projects but when those do shitty at the box office all of a sudden she's not getting offers to do those so she has probably had the mentality that George Clooney had when he took Batman. He said, you have to do a Batman to get a good luck, good night, good luck. Yeah. So no, this she is, has to do enough. She has to keep good with Marvel to be able to make. I think this is the proverbial island is I think they gave yes. her enough money to start her own film studio. Oh, potentially. Or they she, promised her that they would. Well, she's been directing stuff. And yeah. She's been working on projects. She has lots of stuff going on, lots of plates yeah. spinning. So I'm excited to have her back because yes. I love Natalie Portman. I a lot of people poo-poo Natalie Portman. I am not one of them. Yeah. I love Natalie Portman. Uh, I still love her in Garden State as chaotic and all over mm. the places that performance is. 
Um, She'll always be that little girl in the professional. To me. <laughs> that was such an amazing role for a kid her age. Yeah. Holy crap. That yeah. was so amazing. And I love that movie, too. It's a great fucking movie. I've never seen it. i got to see oh, it. Oh, it's a great movie. One of the best Gary Oldman performances ever. Yeah. And he's had so many great ones. I need to see – I need to do the big three, the big three Gary Oldman performances because I've seen Fidel. So Leanne the Professional. Um, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. And Sid and Nancy. And um, uh, the one with uh, Christian Slater that Quentin Tarantino wrote. You never seen True Romance? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> You just lost a lot of credibility in my world, buddy. <laughs> True romance is amazing. I've seen the Gary Oldman scene, but I haven't seen the whole movie. Oh, my movie. God. Like, you'll watch it, and you, you can tell that it's not him directing it, but everything spoken in it, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's Tarantino. Yeah. It's so good. You know what? I'm putting together another movie binder for you <laughs> Uh-oh. with some movies now. Do you want me to give you back the binder you gave me? Yes. Yeah. Well, have you watched them? I haven't gotten a chance to. I well, then keep that one. I'll just bring you True Romance to add to it. Oh, I that's think fine. Space yeah. In it. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no. I never got to oh it. Oh, my God. Because you remember actually, way True back. True Romance in, might be in there, actually, now that I think about it. I way, think that was one of them. way back in the halcyon days of MCC, uh, you indoctrinated me to the world of Quentin Tarantino because I hadn't seen Reservoir Dogs and I hadn't seen Pulp Fiction yep. and I hadn't seen. Uh, the, the bank robbing one, I don't remember what it's called. But, um, yeah. Jackie Brown? No, Jackie Brown. No, no, I, I saw Jackie Brown. Um, the Not that. I, Reservoir I, Dogs is the bank robbing one. Well, no, there's another one that has Eric Stoltz in it. Um, That's Pulp Fiction. No, this is Eric Stoltz in the lead. He was never a lead in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, it wasn't a Quentin Tarantino-directed movie. He wrote it. The only other one that was big that he wrote was Natural Born Killers, and that's Woody Harrelson. And I think Kevin lied to me. <laughs> he probably did. Trust me, when it comes to Tarantino, there are only two movies that were big movies that got made that he didn't direct, and that was Nat, uh, True Romance and Natural Born Killer. Yeah. Those both came out just, they came out the same year as, I want to say it was Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking down, I'm literally looking at his bio trying to look and see if there's a title because it would have been pre-94 yeah killing zoe is that what you're thinking of i don't think so student day job at a bank junkies friends after 11 years robbed the bank killing zoe that must be it it's a 93 movie it wasn't um that definitely was not tarantino yeah no kevin definitely lied to you yeah okay I can't. Bring, well, while you're thinking about that, let me yes. go over what if. Okay, the what if episode, uh, what if Thor was an only child? For those of you who have not seen it yet, is a just how it sounds. As when Odin got Loki, instead of taking him back to Asgard, he he returned him back to the Frost Giants, and so Thor was an only child, and which turned him into a party boy. Oh, and yeah. so the whole episode is Odin goes into his Odin sleep and. Thor's mom goes away to visit some friends she hasn't seen in a few thousand years. So he goes to Earth and turns Earth into a big frat party. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely amazing. Howard the Duck gets married to Darcy, <laughs> which is great because that brings back memories of the Howard the Duck movie where he hooks up with Leah yes. Thompson. Yes. 
Um, you have Drax the Destroyer puking on people because he's wasted. You have Loki, who is now a full-size frost giant, yeah. coming with his frost giant friends because him and Thor say they're brothers from another mother. That was great. Oh, it was amazing. It was, it was a great loophole to still have Loki in the story to be like, yes. so Loki's not in his life. But he is. But he is. <laughs> and they turn Natalie Portman into like she just she just is okay banging Thor and like, yeah, she's into it. Him. She's into the whole thing. Um, it has Maria Hill and Frank Rillo because <laughs> what is it? Um, Nick Fury was trying Nick to get Fury, into a party. He gets run over by Korg. By Korg <laughs> runs him over, and he so wants... he's in traction now. Yeah. And so and, Maria Hill is the acting director, and Maria Kim. Hill goes off the deep end, which she has been known <laughs> yes. to do. This is the first time I've seen Colby Smulders play Maria Hill in a yes. way that I recognize from the comics. Yes. I'm just like, whoa, take it down, that Maria. That amazing. Hold on. And Frank Grillo, his character's pissed because he can't fire off nukes. Um, Captain Marvel comes to save the day and gets in this massive fight with Thor, which is awesome. Oh, that like was the whole really thing. great. And I love it how when I, I can't, why am I spazzing on Thor's mom's name? Uh, Frigga. When she comes down finally to stop Thor and Captain Marvel says, oh, I'm Captain Marvel. She goes, I know who you are. I was like, that was so, oh my God, that was awesome. That was so good. Was like, oh, <laughs> that was shit, amazing. she knows who you are. And you can see Carol Danvers like, oh, oh, oh okay. Nice. Like she was kind of like, oh. Yeah. No, that, then, I got dude, so happy when she That was that. such a great episode. And then it ends with Ultron <laughs> having taken in the – vision that he was creating for himself and having all the infinity stones this is the moment this is the moment that i have been waiting oh my for god since they said they were going to do ultron in 2014 they said they were going to do ultron and i said awesome and this was the vision in my head yes and god damn it they're never going to come back to it but oh my god i want them to so oh bad my god because that was the best shit oh I've been waiting so yes. long for this Ultron. So fucking long. Yes. And there's so... Is he the Vision? Is he not the Vision? Why does he have an exoskeleton if he's made out of vibranium? I have so many questions. See, here's the thing. I believe the exoskeleton is his version of the gauntlet. The exoskeleton oh. is holding all the other Infinity Stones. And that's what's allowing him to channel it. Yes. And he can still look like badass Ultron. But that's the great part. As he comes out and you're like, Ultron with the stones. And then his face opens and it's Vision's face. And you're like, no. Vision never became an Avenger. Vision Vision is Ultron. Like, he's what Ultron always, is. no pun intended, envisioned himself to be. Yeah, this is is the end of Ultron's plan, ultimately. Without the James Spader. But with all the stones and everything. Cut the James Spader out. Bring in this Ultron. Please, God. Please. I want it so bad. You don't understand how badly I want it. The only thing I want them to save with the um, James Spader is the intro in that movie. That was great. That is the best part of that movie. No, I mean the James Spader-ness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have Tony Stark invent Ultron. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take another 80s star who's very Robert Downey Jr.-esque, yes. and we're going to have him play all And he was doing that that show... Um, Black Cat. Black the Blacklist was huge yeah. at that when they made that movie. And so, like, I don't have anything against James Spader. You know, I've liked him in a lot of stuff. But that version of Ultron makes me so angry. <laughs> what If uh, was, was excellent. 
the tone was great. Like it was hysterical. It really worked. There were parts I was laughing my ass off. I was I was definitely hot and cold on it because like I don't know. I don't have this thing for Thor where like I need them to be, you know, completely loyal to the mm. comics. I remember back in two thousand nine, back in my day, um when they announced Thor, I was like, How are you gonna do Thor? Yeah. And like they've never really gotten their feet on it until Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, and this is just such a continuation of Ragnarok's energy. It's Ragnarok's energy with the cocky Thor from the beginning of the first movie. Yes. 100%. Yeah. But it almost feels like Taika wrote this episode. Uh, you know what? I would I would love to see what kind of input he had. Because like I said, to have all that cast, including Natalie Portman, it's my guess they did the voice work, at least, during filming oh, of yeah. Thor Love and Thunder. Because they had them all together. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes the most sense that they just like took everybody yeah. aside one day and they were like, we're going to, instead of shooting the scene today, everybody's just going to nail out these like yeah. voice parts, you know, this week or something. Oh, so good. Um, so good. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. It was definitely one of those things where there were a few moments where I was like, okay, the, the Surtur with the Statue of Liberty thing. I was both, <laughs> that was kind of awesome. I was both bored <laughs> against it. I was like, oh, I love it. And I, because you go into this episode, you're like, this is going to be a 100% a comedy. Yeah. Like, as soon as it started, I'm like, this is going to be a goofy, oddball comedy. Yeah. And it totally was. It 100% was. Yeah. It was never to be taken seriously Because when he burns the Statue of Liberty's arm off and yeah. he looks around, he's like, uh, and then just kind of runs away. I was like, that's amazing. That's so good. And then um, just the Howard the Duck parts. The Howard the Duck parts were great. I love and the stuff. Grandmaster in the, in the Rascal Scooter. I wish that they had actually left at that point because you see them in there in the class. I yeah. wish that they had actually bailed and not come back. I think yes. that would have been funnier. The, the Them getting the class together at the end, also very funny. That was yes. also great. Yes. I very much enjoyed that. And his hammer comes back with all the lipstick on yes. and everything. Oh, like, man. Oh, the, the waking up in the Vegas hotel room. The next morning, yeah, uh, just everything about Dude, it oh was so God. good. I really that was a lot of fun. I think the only part of it that annoyed me was, uh, uh, you know, again it's Maria Hill, the earnestness of of Shield of like there are parties breaking out all across the globe. I was like, is this supposed to be a problem? I'm legitimately asking, is this a problem? I don't think this is a problem. Well, I'm wondering if they were going off that same misconception that. Um, Natalie Portman's character had I think Jane, so. where they she thought he had destroyed this planet last time they had this party. Yeah, and he's like, no, it was a meteorite that was already exploding, and we yeah. just helped it along. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they were working off the same information, thinking he was going to destroy the planet. I just like when that that as a plot line was suggested. Yeah. I was just like, eh, yeah. I'm good with everything else. This plot line, though. I don't know if I'm ever going to take this seriously. This is like one of those, I, I don't even know what it is. It's it's like a fever dream yeah. of just like, we got to stop the world from partying because it's going to explode. It's like, this is this yeah. is the plot you wanted. Okay, no, it's fine. But it's I fine. just love when they're on the helicarrier and they're showing the map of the earth and all these parties are popping up <laughs> all over the place. And it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. It was great. I just wish that they hadn't tried to frame it as like this thing that's, like a dire situation because yes. I never bought it as a dire situation. Yeah, no. So it was just like, uh, but see, that actually played off to me almost like a classic, like Marx brothers yes, or three stooges comedy where you have the serious person that, that has to be there. And then you just have the oddballs that yeah. are just doing everything. You just have everything else that's happening. Yeah. 
outside so of that. So I, I'm very happy I got to go back and rewatch it. I, that was a lot of fun. That All right, a, so now we have to transition to our yes. main topic, which yes. is one that you recently have just finished watching. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about um, season one of the series Invincible, yes. which was created, written by, I don't think he directed any of them, but Robert Kirkman, mm-hmm. who, I believe, it was based on a comic book, right? Or yes. a graphic novel. Um, for those of you who do not know who he is, he's the guy that created The Walking Dead. So he's worth gazillions of dollars. He's a genius, blah, blah, blah. So this show is to give you a basic rundown folks it is if you took superman's backstory and you turned it into the boys yeah because it it has it's about an alien coming to earth with superpowers when he was a kid or no he wasn't a kid he was he was was an an adult adult when he showed up but he came from another planet to save the world but then it goes off the rails because you realize that he's a killer and his entire race are meant to keep order in the universe mainly by they've, they've taken it upon themselves. upon themselves and so like originally there is like a justice league type group and he kills all of them which isn't really even a spoiler because that happens in like the middle of episode one yeah and we do spoilers anyways. For those of you who don't know, we're spoiling everything. We might as well call ourselves Tangent Spoilers. Yeah, Central. and I think I do put in all the the taglines that we spoil everything. So yeah. There's no one. Um, but yeah, I, I had stayed away from this for a long, long I remember time. we had talked about one of the earlier shows I mentioned yeah. that I just watched it. Yeah, because um, I, I was terrified of parallel thinking. Mm. And uh, I've been working on my own project. And I wanted to focus on that. And I didn't want to run into something that I, I found too familiar, which... I did. I found a few things that I was like, "Ah, oh, really? Ah, oh, damn it!" Um, so that was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it quite a bit. It yeah. was it was very different in some ways than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I will say off the bat, my big complaints with it are, again, I think that if you're entire story is centered around reacting to another person's superhero identity Mm. outside of your universe. Mm. This story is a Superman. What if story with a, Oh no, absolutely. I find that frustrating. Yeah. I find that very frustrating. The fact that there's a justice league who is just so very clearly supposed to be the justice league. And there are moments there that I like, I like the fish guy. I think that's excellent. I love green ghost. Because that was one of the very few original yes. people that they had brought in in this spectrum. But like you look at Darkwing, Duck. And, <laughs> I love and, that cartoon. And you look at War Woman. You, yep. you look at Immortal. Immortal's literally, literally Vandal Savage, but he's a good guy. Yes. And I'm, I'm just like, this is the kind of stuff that makes me frustrated. Mm. So like I have to set that aside because there's a lot of that. In this show. No, I agree with you. It was, there were a lot of parts of it where I'm like, this could easily, they could have branded it one of those DC spinoff movies, exactly. like Gods and Monsters and all that, and exactly. you would have bought it. They do Tombstone at one point. Yeah. All of, they they go down the list, the checklist of all of Peter Parker's high school dramas that yes. he has to deal with. Yes, with the son, you're right. He has, he has the moment where he wants to give up the cape. Because it's just too complicated and yeah. then it gets dragged back. Like they go through all of it and I'm just like, I don't have a problem with it because I get it. You know, the the monomyth, I get it. Yeah. Everything comes back to the center. But when you're so devoted, so heavily devoted to the audience knowing other 
characters in pop culture in order for them to really understand not like the concept of the show, but the scope of the show. Yes. That I will, I don't watch the boys for that very reason. I find that just so deeply frustrating. Which season three is coming out soon and I can't wait. Cause I love that show. I know it's, Someday you're going to get me to watch it, but I just I can't do it. I love Carl Urban. I love I love Carl Urban. But oh my god, Soldier Boy, really, really, really? Come on, just for a moment, for just try and come up with an original idea for like five seconds. It just it makes me so crazy. So, but again, I'm being pretentious because I'm trying to make my own thing, and I'm trying not to be reactionary. I'm trying to do things that are my own thing. I couldn't tell. <laughs> can, do I sound like an angry nerd online? You're yet? not being reactionary yeah. at all. Yeah, no. at all. Um, but that said, I did really like a lot of elements of Invincible. Yes, I thought that it was very fun. I thought that the characters, while emblematic, yes, did divert in various ways from the 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 supposed uh, pantheons that that may have yes brought from. Um, I thought that things like Red Rush, that was fun. Mm. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I I really thought the the two clones, the Bruiser Brothers or whatever oh, they God, were. Oh, God, they were awesome. That was fun. That I love those of fun. guys. I, I absolutely love those guys. I will say Robot as a decision maker <laughs> is bad at yeah. his decisions um, uh, because there's there's no world <laughs> where Rex Explosion – stays on this team this this b-list gambit with none of the charm who alienates the scarlet witch apparently yeah this was my only other big complaint was that adam eve is introduced as this this character with psychokinetic powers cool love psychokinetic powers and she uses them in the way that you usually see psychokinetic powers used where it's like a, a ray or a beam or a light or whatever and then all of a sudden, in episode like four or five, she can rearrange molecules, and I'm like, "Yeah, no, 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 no! I'm not saying she can't, but that's a drastic jump. And why hasn't she been doing that? Yeah. If she can do it this easily, where she can just turn a wall into a door, why was that alien invasion thing even a thing? You could have just destroyed them mm. with a thought. What? No, no, she can get there. I have no problem with her getting there." But the the sudden like oh she can just do this stuff I was like whoa 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 because at that point having Rex yeah. on the team is inexcusable at that point Robot kicks Rex off the team and goes to her and says I will do anything to bring you on this team because I need someone who is an Alpha Omega level character yeah. with this kind of power set so that that tweaked me a little bit when that happened man no and the thing that threw me off with Rex Blood also is. This is one of the best voice casts. Oh, it's so good. And Jason Matzukis, I think I said his last name, who played Rafi in the league, voices him. So as he's talking, I just see Rafi. And I I, I could never take him serious. I know he was kind of a comedic character. Well, I never read him as comedic. I always read him as just a pain in the ass. He's a douchebag, yeah. Because, like, he – so he gets on the Justice League. Yes. And they bring in Black Lex Luthor. Yes. Uh, and the entire time, he's just antagonizing him for no reason. And maybe there was something that happened in the background that we didn't see that, that caused that. But that was just such like a – when that kept happening, I was just like, 
kick him off the team. Yeah. Kick him off the team because there is no way uh-huh. he is bringing this much benefit to the team no. to to put up with this bullshit. No, 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 no. Yeah. You get him off the team. It's like they were just looking. They were trying to build a narrative, and they had no idea where to go. So they're like, let's just keep this douchebag on and yeah. use his strife as things that keep the team moving yeah. in different directions. We'll just have him be the engine yeah. that keeps problems coming into the team oh instead God. of having organic problems encounter. And I got to say. Yes. I'm a massive – I don't know if you know about this, but ever since Highlander – I'm a massive Clancy Brown fan. I was going to bring up Clancy Brown when we were talking so about anytime Soder. Anytime he's in anything. In fact, I just saw they. Um, I, I saw it on YouTube. Somebody had done a live action SpongeBob scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, he yes. comes out as Mr. Krabs. That, You're like, that Holy was crap. that was like the thirtieth anniversary. It was something, something. like yeah, that, it, which it, was amazing. Yeah. But he plays Damien Darkblood, who's yes. this demon detective. Holy shit. And it was awesome. Like, hearing his voice is that, I was like, oh, my God, that's Clancy Brown. Dude, this was one of the parallel thoughts. Straight up, I had a demon detective. Oh, you did? Named Mr. Midnight. And I had to kick him to the curb. He's he's currently in traction, being reworked. Yeah. If I had to give up anybody, Mr. Dude, Midnight's this not a bad one to give up. You need to get this shit out in the wild soon because people are going to start to I have it out in the wild. Nobody's picking it up. Check it out. Judsomstudio.work, Bronx Division tab. The entire Capes and Menaces world is there. You need to do slash Pornhub. You'll get a million clicks an hour. Yes. They'll be pissed at first. Yes. But then you might get some that'll stay. We might. Because we might. most of the guys that go on Pornhub probably would listen to this show. So <laughs> maybe we should do that with the uh, yeah, right? The tagline, hey, we're sponsored by Pornhub. No, yeah. you're not. I know. Just listen I to know, show, just, please. I know, but just like pretend like we're sponsored Take by your Pornhub. hand off yourself for one minute and just <laughs> listen to the damn show. I'll take my shirt off. You can see my man boobs. Are <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that. That was about it for like frustrations. Yes. Um, I will say the Martian thing. I love the entire episode of the Martian thing. And then they do that thing that this show does where they have drama continue and the characters are no longer involved in the drama. So we walk away from the drama and I'm like, no, the drama. Which you just reminded me going back to it. Alan the alien is Seth Rogen. And so when he's talking to Mark, I'm like, what the hell is Seth Rogen's voice? Well, not only that, my favorite joke, maybe of the last 10 years, I don't know. The high school is Reginald Val Johnson. Yes! And Reginald Val Johnson is the principal. Yes! Oh my God. I love that. And for those of you who don't know and cannot remember and were not alive to see uh, uh, Die Hard and Family Matters. Family Matters. The, the, yeah, Die Hard, but Family Matters, The what do they call it? Uh, the, thank God it's TGIF. TGIF. It, it was like the headliner of TGIF. Back with Full House and, and Boy Meets World and yeah, the halcyon days that. of the 90s. I was I was at that point where I'm like, I don't like those shows. But Reginald Vell Johnson also played the police officer in Ghostbusters. That says, Ghostbusters, the mayor wants to see you. The whole city's going crazy. Yes, that's Reginald Vell Johnson. Yes, I forgot Absolutely. that too. Oh, my God. That's right after Bill Murray sings, uh, so be good, yeah. for goodness sake. Yeah. He comes through the gate. Oh, my God. I I love Reginald Vell Johnson. Oh, he's awesome. I love whenever he shows up anywhere. Uh, just Die Hard alone. Oh, Die Hard's great. Uh, like, and he had that great little cameo in Die Hard too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, but like 
to, when when he has to when Mark has to have the conversation with the principal about how much time he's been missing, and it's Reginald Val Johnson. I almost screamed and jumped off my couch because I was just like, this is, I noticed it as soon as I saw the high school. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then every time it came back, I was just like, please, 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 please. So to finally get there was just like, oh, oh, so good. What? The character Titan? That was Mahersha Ali? Yeah. I didn't know that. The, The tombstone, yeah. Jesus. This can this might be the best voice cast for a cartoon. It's insane. Ever. Speaking of, we even talk Lauren about... Cohen played uh, one character. Yes, she did. Howie. That's crazy. Michael Dorn played uh, Battle Beast. Yeah, he played someone that puts him in traction, that puts Mark in traction. Which that was also a great episode. That was because, like, so my frustration aside with them kind of like um, t- twisting these typical scenarios yeah um that was great as a as a as a finale to that whole thing yes where just shit goes down bad and then the justice league turns out not super down right now not all gelled we're gonna put a few people in traction today yeah um i love i love the the agency mm-hmm. the shield agency stuff that was fun with uh, Walter Goggins with Walter Goggins that, which yep. is awesome you could have picked a better yeah better voice for that character I do want to talk about Sandra O oh because she was so good as the yes. mom she had a lot of heavy lifting to do in the show so. and she was so good yeah she was so good and I I don't remember her having very many voice acting no and it's not easy to pull off a performance like she did yeah which and of course um. She is, for those you have not seen, she is the mother of the main character, Mark Grayson, who is the son of the other main character, Nolan Grayson, who was voiced by J.K. Simmons, and the son was voiced by Stephen Yeun, who played Glenn in The Walking Dead. Um, but Sandra Oh, in this entire thing, is the only one really that doesn't have powers, yeah. other than um, uh, Mark Grayson's girlfriend in, in high school. Who's played by Zazie Betts. Zazie Betts, who's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, Sandra O oh, having to deal with realizing that your husband is a demented killer. Yeah, and the way that she has to figure that all out for herself. Yes. She has to put that mystery together. She gets a few hints along the way, but she's the one that puts it all together. She's the one that takes the risks and finds the costume and takes it to the tailor. The tailor, that was another the fucking tailor was awesome. awesome. I love that trope. Like, yes. I, can't, I complain about some of the tropes that they, they couch themselves in. But that trope, that's one of my favorite ones. The, and when all the shit's going down where where Nolan realizes that people are unknowing what he did. Yeah. And he goes to the tailors. And you have that. He's like, oh, my God. Is he going to kill him? Yeah. Is he gonna, and then you just sit there the whole time yeah. just on the edge of your seat like, yeah. holy shit. It was he the, knows he's the one that told Debbie. Yeah. I – I. Oh, there were a lot. And of then, elements. then even the scene when Debbie um, meets up with Damien Darkblood. Yeah, and he like gives her the file and is like, "You got to you know check on this thing. Yeah, you got to check this out." I, I love that we got. This is a scene I hope we get to in Marvel at some point, where the the head of Shield has to conduct an exorcism. Please get us there. That was amazing. Please get us there because that is so good. Yeah, that is something that you. You don't get in Marvel movies. No. And, That's something I, I could see in a DC movie, especially yeah. if they bring Constantine to any kind of live action. Dude, I want I want Guillermo del Toro to do a... Constantine movie. No. Well, maybe. 
but I was thinking uh, Jason Blood and Etrigan. Ooh. Could you imagine? That would be pretty awesome. Oh, the monster master himself behind it. But if they do, if they do ever do a a proper Constantine movie, they have to get the guy that was the actor. They got to get Matt Ryan again. In TV. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get him. He's the, he is perfect. He has, he's somehow become the Kevin Conroy of Constantine. Yes. It's It's unreal because Constantine wasn't even a character on anybody's radar 10 years ago. Yes. And suddenly we have this guy with supreme iconic status. Yes. And no one remembers the Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. The only thing I remember fondly about that is I did like Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton as Mike. As Michael or Gabriel? Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. That was good. Um, I did like like her set. Yeah. Which that reminds me, we're going off on a tangent here. Do you have anything else to say about Invincible? Um, I will say I did like that Amber, the girlfriend, like the entire time their drama was going on of yes. like he's trying to keep his identity secret. I'm sitting here just tell her. Yeah, it's, I, I'm tired of that trope. And but I'm, I like the kind of twist that they did where she was angry because she had already figured, figured it, it out. out exactly, and she just wanted him to tell her. And the fact that he was treating her like such an idiot yeah. was just so frustrating. And I'm like, the doy. Yeah. <laughs> we aren't in 1960s rules for secret identities. That reminds me so much of there was a great Jimmy Kimmel skit he did when Batman versus Superman was coming out. He had Ben Affleck on and he played off of, oh, I was in the movie too. It was a cut scene. Well, let's see the scene. And it's the scene where Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent meet each other. But the, he must have found a way to have them let him film this mm-hmm. while they're actually making the movie because it's actually during the party scene and they're in their uni- they're in their their costumes. costumes. Where Kimmel comes up and he's like, "You're Superman." He's like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." No, I'm not. And then Lex Luthor walks over and he's like, "Oh, oh, guys, Bruce Wayne." He's like, "No, that's Superman." He's like, "No, it isn't." He's got glasses. Superman's got perfect vision, so he just takes his glasses off. He's like. I'm such a fool. He's like, yeah. How did you not know? <laughs> and I, every time I see that with the the, the superhero not yeah. wanting to tell, because in Invincible he only has a little face, mask a little goggle. He has like the he has the the next step up from just goggles, where he has the the gambit kind of like yes. head cowl thing. Yes, that covers over the sides. Of but his even face. that, you still know it's him. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's not a it's not a deep dark what secret. The fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, I I I love secret identity stuff. Yeah. But there are certain situations where I'm just like, okay, yeah, all right. My my favorite thing is whenever we start a Spider-Man story and the significant other, be it Mary Jane or mm. Gwen Stacy or Carly Cooper or Deb Whitman, already fucking knows he's fucking Spider-Man because it's so annoying to dance around that for yeah. so long. In the initial, it can be fun. Like any romance. When there's a little bit of mystery... It can be fun. Yeah. But after a while, as an audience member, it's you're just close. like, just tell them. Just tell them. Just it's tell ridiculous. them. But I did I did quite enjoy it. I do want to give similarly to Sandra Oh a big shout out to Steven Yuan because oh, he, he was awesome. The some of the the noises he was able to make, mm-hmm. I've never heard that in voice acting before. Yeah. Like it goes along with the hyperviolence, which I also would like to note. Holy shit. I like that it wasn't glorified. It was just violent. Because it was a situation yeah. and a realistic depiction of the violence in that but situation. Holy shit. Holy shit. There was some violence. I will say, duplicate, you couldn't have her like turn oh into a God. beam of light. You had to have her 
massacred every time. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I prefer the turning into a beam of light and just beaming away and whatever energy she was made from in the first place. Yeah. Um, but Stephen Yuan, as Mark, was so good. And mm. he had a lot of acting people that he had to go up against and a lot of character weight that he had to carry. Yeah. And he just because he so really good. was the heart of the movie. He really was, and like that or scene, movie, TV show, that scene where uh, whatever Battle Beast mm-hmm. just destroys his entire torso. Yeah, like the end, the end scene where he's getting anytime he gets hit by Nolan mm-hmm. by Omni Man, though the the sounds he can make in that booth are just like, man, this guy's good. Maybe it this was guy's good. Getting pulled off when he was making. Sense. You never know. <laughs> any any way to get. You know, way, I had thought to get of the that. Mustard, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but yeah, I I did I did deeply enjoy it. I I wish that they there wasn't so much. Mm. I love that there's peripheral stuff, but there there was some of the peripheral stuff where I was like, no, but I want to know. I need I need to mm. I need closure on this on this subject, please. So, but I I liked it a lot. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I, it's one of those ones, though, that I don't know if I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. I probably will at some point. I'm yeah. not sure when. This might honestly. I love watching animated shows and movies while running on the treadmill or whatever. Gotcha. This would be great for that because anything that has big, gaudy action sequences get you pumped up. Oh man, it's good stuff to watch That's while true. you're running. So, um, I I can see it becoming one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised at how much. Yeah, I it was good. It. And once again, I think a lot of it comes down to the writing and the voice acting. Yes, like it could take a story that was outdated and, and overused and made it into something interesting. Yes, and they did they did give it their own twist. I I I still say I wish that they had done a little bit more in terms of the uh, individual pieces. Yes, but the overall concept really well done. I love the the White House guy that we keep coming back to yeah. with his son. I love this. I love these little world touches. That stuff made the show for me was these little world touches that are just sprinkled in here and yeah. there. And they don't necessarily mean anything, but they, they build out the world nicely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. So we love it. Invincible. What I was going to enter in real quick. Yes. Have you ever seen the movie, The Prophecy? No. You need to watch it. It is uh, Eric Stoltz movie. Uh-huh. He's briefly in it, but he's like, the first face you really see it is one of the best christopher walken performances ever oh yeah and it has one of the best depictions of the devil ever by Viggo mortensen it's not overall it's not a great movie uh-huh. but whenever walken's on camera and whenever Vigo's on camera it is pure masterpiece. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to get that to you too. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll check that out. And it gave me an idea for future shows, especially in the next few weeks. But I'll, we'll talk uh, about that offer. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 24, 24. of NerdPod Generations. One and for every hour of the day. Yeah. Even though some have gone more than an hour. Well, the, the good thing is that the first few episodes were a little short, so That's it all equals out. So it might, it might equal out. So yeah. go back and listen to us. Spend a day. Take a lot of cocaine and just listen to all of them so you don't fall asleep. Maybe don't take the cocaine, but definitely listen to all of them. I can't just sit here and be like, yes, take the cocaine. Take a lot of cocaine. Um, all right, Mr. L, it's always a pleasure, sir. Um, you can find me at staylorbooks.com. You can find you at? I'm at jutsumstudio.work under the Bronx Division tab. Uh, please come and hang out. It's yes. fun. 
You can listen to all of our episodes there and make there sure go. that the episode guide is up to date. Up to and, date. And please, please come and check out Caves of Menaces because God damn it, I've been working on this thing for like six years. I want yeah. it to go somewhere. And it's amazing. All right, yeah. folks. We'll hope you have a great night and we will talk to you next week. Have a good night, friends and enemies.